0: shows in general Oh, so.
1: what do you what do you do do you even watch are you a pop culture person no
0: i've like missed out on everything the most pop culture i have is tiktok and i just well i didn't just get well i took like a break from it but then i got re back into it yeah. and i feel like pop all my pop culture references now come from tiktok like pushing pee. like i don't oh
1: god don't <laughs> like, say that. all <laughs> of that
0: all of this i only know because it's trending on tiktok like if i wasn't on tiktok i wouldn't have any clue what was going on in the world
1: what about like competition, right? Aren't you supposed to know what other artists are doing, right?
0: That's a good point.
1: Do you not? Like, do you know what albums came out last week?
0: No, I don't.
1: Damn.
0: Well, I do. I do for cover songs i keep up with that but for cover songs
1: whoa is that a, there's a what why do you mean you keep up with cover songs just like a hashtag or no
0: because you want to cover songs that have just come out so oh. you have to keep up with like what songs are trending like the billboard like hot 100 songs so you can cover them
1: what do you listen to then
0: that's a good question i feel like i have to listen to so much music for like business purposes that i don't like when i have free time i don't listen to music like i okay. like my free time i like listen to podcasts or i'll okay. sit in silence in my car because oh. all day long i'm having to listen to music you know all because like all day long i'm having to like go through all the trending songs or like listen to music on tiktok or like listen like my whole day is like having to listen to music so like whenever i don't have to listen to music i don't
1: Does, do you even want to make music then if you're listening to it so much or is it kind of like a chore
0: Nah, you do want to make it um yeah you do, but I don't know. I have like two music making modes, but I feel like the hmm. way I approach making music is probably different than most people approach making music. How's that? Because I think of making music as like channeling, like a spiritual oh. experience. very nice. yeah. so when I make music, it's like I like try and enter like a trance almost like I'm like a messaging like I'm like okay. translating the music, and it's almost like a therapeutic thing you just like do every day. And then you sometimes just get something that's brilliant, and you're like, okay.
1: Is that at a studio, or is it just at your place? It's at my what?
0: place. Huh. Yeah.
1: Do you produce at all? No. Oh.
0: So most of the songs I write, like, ninety percent of the songs I write, don't nothing happens with them, and then like, the one, the one percent gets taken to a producer to work on. Huh. Yeah.
1: Is it? Just because you're picky, or is it because of pricing or what? It's expensive. Yes, you called (laughs) it. It takes too much time. (laughs) Yeah. There's
0: songs that I think are fantastic, but also there's like you have to figure out which ones are right for your niche, you know? So a lot of the songs I'll do, people are like, oh, that's like too country. Yeah. That doesn't sound like something you would release.
1: Oh, but But if you like country, then go for country, right?
0: But I rate all kinds of music. That's the problem. Like I'll have all kinds. So it's almost like, and I don't like try to like, micromanage the kinds of songs I write because I feel like if you're channeling you can't control it you just write what you're what's being sent to you you know possessed Yeah. yeah I'm like I don't control this so I just like wait I just like do it daily and I wait until they send me something that's perfect for my project and then I go get it produced And the rest of them, I'm just like, that's a dope country song. Hmm. And I think what my next thing I want to do is, like, get into songwriting for other artists eventually. You haven't done that yet? No.
1: Oh, shit. I took you as a songwriter already for some reason.
0: No. I haven't figured out how to do it. And I feel like I'd be great at it because I just – I write so many songs and most of them aren't good for my project. Like, I write hip-hop songs i write i can like write anything
1: you write hip-hop songs
0: yeah i can write anything but i'm like i don't want like i'm like this isn't for my project i'm like this is like not my vibe so i'm like Uh. i need to get this to somebody else but yeah
1: there's money in that right Songwriting. yeah
0: there's definitely money in songwriting so i just need to figure out how to do songwriting don't you just Like,
1: like find you just find someone
0: maybe I'm, like, my problem is I'm one of those people who likes to do everything, like, really right, you know? Like, some people, they don't, like, they just, like, go for it. I'm the kind of person where I, like, spend weeks researching, like, figuring out the proper way to do something, and then I do it. So, it's, like, why haven't I started a YouTube channel? Why haven't I
1: started Mm. songwriting
0: for other artists? Because I haven't (laughs) haven't had time to, like, go through, read every article on it, and, like, come up with a strategy to do it correctly.
1: That sounds OCD a little bit.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I'm super OCD. (laughs) Oh,
1: okay. I feel that. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Wait, do you you at least... So you're in LA. So do you at least do like the writing things? You know those things where like people do like the writing groups for songs. Like, are you in any of that type of stuff?
0: I go to some songwriting events, but I haven't performed at any of them.
1: No, but you know, like, like every artist, most artists that are on like a record label in LA, yeah, they do that thing where like they go into a studio and just do like writing sessions, and they're like hooked up with like other artists. Yeah, so
0: that's what you do once you have a publishing deal. So that's what I need oh. to get. So once I get the publishing deal, then they'll put me in the room with a bunch of other people.
1: Break down what a publishing publishing deal is.
0: A publishing deal is basically, so you know how like an artist will get a record deal to create songs for their project. All right. A songwriter will get a publishing deal which is a deal where they'll do that for you. They'll get Mm. you in the room with people all the time. They'll pitch out your songs for you. And it's basically like a record deal for a songwriter. Okay. So that's what I need. Once I have a publishing deal, they're going to get me in the room with people. They're going to be pitching my songs out to people. And if you don't have a publishing deal, technically, yeah, I could just be doing it myself. I could like find the managers of the artists and just send out my songs to them. Yeah. But most people don't. It's like it's a difference. like it's like the difference like between having a publicist and emailing people on your own about your music. It's right. like people want to open the emails from the publicist if you're a magazine. People want to open the emails from the publisher if they're looking for new songs.
1: Because mm, it just there's a lot more, more validity and like
0: yeah, It yeah, seems like you're more legit.
1: <laughs> That's why I just have like a business email, but it's just me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just do things like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that could work so that's why i haven't gone and in, gotten into songwriting for other artists
1: do you but. have a business email
0: yeah for that, my not well i have two business emails but it's so not like it's not email.
1: it's not like gmail at the end no okay i think a lot of artists don't realize how simple but important that is it's not yeah. like gmail or like if you see a fucking like aol or yahoo email i'm like fuck out of here
0: <laughs> yeah dude that's important too i'd say I think I think just having like any layer between you, the artist and the outside makes you seem a lot more legitimate,
1: even if it's fake.
0: That's why that's how I got into PR, because I was originally sending all of my PR emails from my email, like me mm-hmm. as the artist.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was like and I had done all this research to figure out exactly like what my press release should look like, what the emails should look like. So I knew the emails I was sending were good emails. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, why am I getting no responses? Like, this is all, like, I'm doing everything right. And then I realized it's because I didn't have a PR agency, so I just created one to send my own emails. (laughs) And it worked better? And it worked a thousand times better. My first release, I got it in ear milk. I got it in all these magazines. And it was, like, right off the bat. And I was like, that's insane. I was like, I got into ear milk and all these places out of the gate just by using a PR email.
1: See, that's what happened with me, too. Like, I uh, had a Gmail, and it just said, like, my name in it. And then I changed it to a business email and like those same artists I reached out to with a regular email responded to the business email.
0: Exactly. It's a weird thing. Your email is really important. And then I mean like I had to create a whole agency around it because I had to create like the the website for the company and like create a LinkedIn. Like I had to create, then I ended up having to actually create an entire company for it because I realized they would have, they were going to look me up, you know, they were going to be like, who is this? PR agency and that's how it like snowballed into becoming a real company. <laughs>
1: it was like fake it till you make it and then you had to prove yourself.
0: A yeah. Yeah, because then I was like, OK, and then like each step of the way it, like had to become more legitimate because then uh. I needed to start hiring people and then I was like, OK, I need to like create like all this infrastructure and then all this and then other people needs emails and like <laughs> it just like keeps snowballing until you have like a real company. And nice. that's like the same thing with your podcast, like snowball and yeah. you have a whole studio and everything.
1: By the way, this is Tiger Lily. I feel like we should have introduced you. But you, this is your second time on the podcast. <laughs> and we're here to talk about marketing and what's been new with her since, fuck, that was like two years ago now. Yeah. yeah that's wild. Yeah. So does it, does it, you need, so how do you hire people Then you need money? You had, your company had to be making money so you could hire interns or whatever. Like, how did that work?
0: Yeah. So honestly, it all happened through word of mouth. Because I wasn't even sure how good, like, when I first took on my first clients, I wasn't even sure, like, am I any good at this? So I basically just gave my friends, like, really cheap rates. And I was like, I've done this for myself, but, like, honestly, I don't know if this is going to work for you, you know? Like, like I think, because my friends started reaching out to me, and they were like, you're getting all this press as an artist. Like, can you, like, help me out? And I was like, I can help you out, but, like, I don't know if this is going to work for Mm. you and then I did it for them and then it went really well and then I was like okay and then they started recommending me to all their friends and then it started snowballing because they were like and then my friends who had gone to like huge agencies were like you did way better work than this giant agency that I paid like 10 times as much so I'm going to recommend you to all my friends Wow. and then it started snowballing and then I realized oh crap I'm really really good at this (laughs) and then I was like and then it got to the point where I was like I can't take on all these clients like I'm just going to so now I only take on like a really small amount of clients because I just don't have time because I'm also doing all my artist project mm-hmm. stuff. So I started hiring people to help me out with it. But that's basically how it worked. I got really good at it because I wanted to do it really well for myself. And then yeah. I realized I'm actually really good at this for other people.
1: Is it personalized? <laughs> like is each way you go about marketing someone different? Or Yeah. okay.
0: And I think that's part of why I've been good at it is because a lot of big agencies what they'll do is they just kind of have like a roster yeah and like at the worst I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of PR agencies like I'd say some good ones what they do is they have a giant media list and they just mm. blast their email list and see who responds yeah and then other agencies the worst worst ones they have like contacts where they just have a rate so they'll be like, okay, for eighty mm. bucks I can get you in ear milk or whatever for and I mean the rates are usually thousands of dollars They're like, we'll get you in Forbes for like ten thousand dollars is that
1: sketchy though or is that still legitimate
0: i mean i think it's sketchy is it legitimate i mean basically they have a relationship with a writer there and the writer's is giving them a rate so they are going to get in the publication
1: uh, so like it's like a gatekeeping type? wait so do you think so you're reaching out to the agency and you have to pay them but then they pay the writer as well do you think or do you think they're the ones that's just pocketing all the money and just being like "Ha, oh, we know this person and we're just going <sighs> to charge you Here's
0: what I think is happening. And I don't do this, so I don't know. Yeah. What I imagine they're doing is, for example, if the writer at Forbes is giving you a rate and saying, like, I'll write this piece for 1,000, they charge the artist 5,000, pocket 4,000, and now... Uh. And I don't, I mean, I'm making all this, these numbers up because I have no idea what these other agencies are doing. But what I do is I take, like, an individualized approach to every artist. So, like, I'll look at what is their demographic. And I mean, like, I'll use me as an example. Mm. I'm an Asian American artist like when I pitched myself I wanted to like firmly center myself in that world so I reached out to a lot of Asian American publications right and I tried to position myself in that lane um and I wouldn't do that of course for an artist who's not Asian American so with them I'll figure out what's special about them like what is their kind of like niche is it LGBTQ plus is it mental health like what are they passionate about like besides just their music like what else about them is special and like what community can they fit in? Cause I think if you find your community, that press is worth a lot more mm. because you can become an ambassador in that space. And also the people who are reading those publications are going to have a much higher chance of wanting to be interested in you as an artist. And I noticed that happened a lot. Like with my own music, I, when I did in Lisbon, for example, I reached out to a bunch of Asian American YouTubers and got them to use the song. Yeah. And a lot of those people came back to Spotify. Cause people are always like, how did Lisbon like hit a million streams? And I'm like, It's because those people i targeted like those youtubers were the perfect lane for my music
1: did you have to pay them though no huh
0: yeah and i think that's really the power of a well-worded email because if you just reach out i always explain this to people it's like if you reach out when you reach out what you say in your outreach really matters because writers get tons of emails i'm sure you get tons of emails like everyone gets tons of emails youtubers get tons of emails so if you can genuinely connect with someone it's going to be worth a lot more so if you just Email a YouTuber And you're like hey, can you like use my music in your channel? And people do this to me too. They're like, hey, can I whatever? Like, can you just like post on your TikTok this? I'm like, I'm like, why would I ever do this for you? Like, (laughs) Why would I ever say yes to this? So you have to like give them a reason to say yes. Like if you send a really genuine email and you're like, I'm a huge fan of your channel. Like I love this video you did on this and it would mean a lot to me. Here's my backstory. Here's why you should care about me and want to help me out. Like if you can make that connection and do it in like a two sentences, three sentences, because no one's going to pay attention to a long email. So it's really hard to balance that, make it genuine, authentically connect with someone, make them feel special and make it really short. You'll be you'd be surprised. A lot of people say yes to you. You don't even have to pay them.
1: So what are press kits and blogs even important? I guess a press kit can be important. But like the blog thing, is that even important when you can just reach out to someone to post it on like Spotify playlists or?
0: Yeah. So it's important for a couple of reasons. So one thing is Spotify actually tracks like your press mentions
1: mm. when
0: they do their playlisting. I didn't know that. So yeah, most people don't know this because I've gotten my last couple releases all on like editorial playlists like Fresh Finds, Indie Pop. And part of why is because I always make sure the press is coming out right when the song's dropping. So what it's going to do is it's going to trigger when Spotify is looking at the numbers, it's going to show there's a lot of buzz, basically buzz happening around the song. Right. Cause it'll, if you type in like, like we're in any movie, Tiger Lights popping up all over the internet at the same time, the song's dropping. Um, And that's something you should also mention in that pitch that you do on the back end of Spotify, like a month ahead, Mm -hmm. mention that you're doing like a press campaign for it or some kind of campaign. Cause they'll ask you in that prompt, they say, what is the song about? But they also ask you why, um, I mean, what marketing are you doing around the song? So you never want to just like leave it blank. So there always should be some kind of marketing that you're mentioning to Spotify. right? Because Spotify also part of the reason why I imagine I'm inferring this is that if they're going to be promoting you, you're kind of almost an ambassador for Spotify at that point. You know, if they put you on fresh finds, they don't want to be putting on a bunch of people that aren't investing in their music. They want to be putting on artists that are going to be promoting the song. And because you're now an ambassador for Spotify, in a sense, because they picked you out of all these releases to feature you. So that's an, one reason. And then going back to the initial question. Yeah. Press is important, I would say, not mostly for streaming, but for all the other things that can get you. So if you're reaching out to a venue and you're trying to book something, right. or if you're reaching out to a manager and you're trying to like secure a manager, or you're reaching out to a label, I mean, like all of these things, that's where it really comes into play. Because then you can be like, I've been featured in XYZ. Mm-hmm. And I'd say it snowballs. So when I, when I was first pitching myself as an artist, I was lucky cause I had my past band. So I used that press. Bleach bear. Bleach bear, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, hey, Bleach bear. I was, so yeah, when I was pitching myself at first, I'd be like Tiger Lily from Bleach Bear who was featured in the Seattle times and KXP is now launching her debut solo project. And I think that helped get interest. And mm. then after that, I got enough press that I didn't have to use that anymore. Holy
1: shit! I did the same thing with my um, when I first started getting guests, I would like always mention that I was part of ninety two point five, and then yeah. eventually, I dropped that and just said, "Hey, this is the Nas podcast." Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like
0: you can use like I imagine you did the same thing. Yeah, like you start with like the first artist, and as you got bigger artists on, you kind of like upgrade. Yeah. Mentioning who you mention. So that's, like, what I recommend to artists. And I think most artists, there's always something you can mention. Even if it's not past press, it could have been you played a show with someone or you're even something as small as the producer produced this, worked with this artist who's super cool. Mm -hmm. There's got to be something you can mention. And then eventually, as you get more press, those things that you mention are going to get cooler and cooler. Um, So I think that's really the trick there. And that's why press is important. What about your
1: opinions on, like, artists who are, like, all... The only thing important about a blog is they can like screenshot and throw it up on Instagram and say, I did it.
0: So that's where it comes into play how you use your press. Because it's true. A lot of artists get pressed, but I don't feel like they use it well. And I always mm. try to advise clients, this press can do absolutely nothing for you or it can do a lot for you. So I'd say if you want it to do a lot for you. Because it's true. A lot of artists, what they'll do is they'll just screenshot it once and then who cares? Like maybe someone didn't watch your story that day. Like it doesn't, (laughs) it really doesn't matter. And that vlog wasn't even getting that many views. So it's like, what was like, that was useless. (laughs) But what I do with my press that has really helped me is one, I'll I'll screenshot it. I'll put on my story, but then I add it to a permanent highlight reel. So anyone who comes to my feed in the future is going to be able to click on that and see all my press
1: oh and the hi- the highlight okay I see. You're yeah and i
0: also put it on my feed and if you don't want it to mess up your feed so it looks gross i, I put in a carousel post so it'll be like a photo of me and then it'll be the press screenshots afterwards oh. and so i think what is good about that is like then it stays up i also post it across all my socials so every article i get it goes up on twitter on facebook and really what it does is like basically you decide how important your press is going to be because if you're flaunting it everywhere people are going to notice and they're going to be like man like tigerly's getting a ton of press like something's going on with her music like what like why is she getting featured everywhere like it's like it's and i keep it on like if you get a bunch of press on release day i tell people spread it out like don't post it all on release day keep that in your backlog press like what post one thing on release day but then keep posting about it spread it out so it seems like there's constantly press coming out about Mm. you That's another good tip because you constantly and if you're releasing on a constant schedule and doing some promotion behind each release, you can have it. So it looks like there's literally press coming out about you all the time. (laughs) And the other benefit to it is that that's what they use for Instagram verification. So you need to have that's how they determine Instagram verification. Are you verified? I'm not. But the reason why. I and I will give you this is a master tip for any artist out okay. there. Do not make your name something that's going to be bad for SEO cuz you will never get verified. Mm. So if you make your name something like Tiger Lily, which is also the name of a plant and a Disney princess and a world-famous DJ, you're never going to get verified. Unless I become like Rihanna, I will never get verified. Blame and that's it on why I'm changing parents. my artist name. Oh,
1: wait, that's your real name though, Tiger Lily. Doesn't matter. Uh-oh. I
0: also talked to an entertainment attorney. They said the same thing. Worst mistake you can make. So that was a huge mistake I made. So Sheesh. I have to go change my artist name. So I will be going by a different artist name probably by the time this comes out.
1: Oh shit, can I but hear it? But in
0: any other circumstance, <laughs> I would be verified at this point with my press. But for most artists, you just need to get get 20 articles about you Oh wow! and have them. Um, but they can't just be trash. Um, and <laughs> the other thing is Instagram, Facebook, with the verification team now is pretty on to fake press so there's a couple websites that you can just pay to get on Mm -hmm. and they're not going to respect those so you have to get on legitimate press websites the legitimate way if you want to get verified and you need about 20 of those and they have to be recent so you can't spread it out if you had like one from five years ago that's not going to count you need to get recent press and when you type in your name
1: it has to pop up it has
0: to pop up so that's why your name better not be Tiger Lily. it has to be something like Blake Nass, that's a good one. Yeah. Because if you, you type in your name, I'm sure your press would come up, not yeah. random people's press.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. So is it important to have like multiple social medias or can you focus on Instagram but have others that you're not really using or is it important to have like solid following on all of them?
0: I would say it's better to focus in on a few because this is also the thing I talk about. Like when I'm writing press releases, I don't link all of the artist's social media. Hmm. If you have... If you have social media platforms that make you look bad, I mean, I'm not saying bad, but like if your Twitter has 100 followers and your Instagram is 20,000, we're never going to mention your Twitter. No one needs to know about Mm. your Twitter. Like, I don't think it's bad to have it. I think it's good to be on every platform because you never know. But the ones that you're going to push out when you're promoting yourself or pitching yourself, you should have like one or two platforms that you're really solid on. Mm -hmm. And I'd say Instagram has to be one of those platforms because everyone's gonna look you up on instagram regardless so make right. that one of them
1: <laughs> yeah so like what would you say like instagram and t- like who uses do artists use facebook and twitter i know like I feel they like-
0: do i would say though like the two i always recommend to people if they're deciding are instagram and tiktok and they're very interconnected hmm. Tick instagram is very hard to grow on so my recommendation to artists is focus on your TikTok and your TikTok, have it linked to your Instagram and your TikTok growth is going to feed your Instagram growth. Mm. It'll never do it the opposite way around. Like I have a pretty decent following on Instagram and I maybe got like seven, seven of my like 20,000 followers to follow me on TikTok. Yeah. So it's a terrible, it's a terrible idea to do it the other way around. And the only reason I would say to focus on a different one is if you for some reason are really good at that platform. Like maybe you just grew your Facebook back in the day or your Twitter. Maybe you're maybe you're really funny and you're great on Twitter. But otherwise, or same with YouTube. YouTube can be one of those platforms if you're really good at vlogging. But otherwise, I'd say TikTok and Instagram, I, I feel like that's the way to go because Instagram you have to be on. Yeah. And TikTok is by far the easiest platform to grow
1: on. Mm-hmm. I want to get into TikTok. But before that, I have a question about, how do guy? How should guy artists market themselves versus, like, a girl artist? Like, I think it's just a pretty obvious, like, if a girl's posting a picture of themselves, it's going to get more likes than a guy posting a picture of themselves. So, like, how how should a guy artist go about marketing themselves? I don't think a lot of people are really huge into guys just wearing change and a car and their pictures. It gets old pretty fast, I feel like.
0: I actually think it's easier for guys to grow on social media. If, really? Yeah. So here's a fun story i so i've been focusing a lot on my tiktok lately and i posted my little brother and no that's not true i posted my whole entire family in the video so i had my sister me and my little brother from that video so it goes viral like it's 10 million views
1: i saw it yeah yeah fucking wild.
0: yeah my sister gets like a thousand followers on instagram i get like 200 followers on instagram my brother gets eleven thousand followers on Instagram.
1: They they actually went to his Instagram. Page? They
0: went to this kid's Instagram, tracked him down, and followed him. Eleven thousand people, and huh. so I think guys can grow, but it's funny. So my brother never ever posted on Instagram prior to this event <laughs> happening. <laughs> oh my god! He had the same mentality. He was like, "What? No one wants to like see photos of me." Like, yeah. He was like, "No one wants to see that." You'd be surprised. Like, I think it's because guys are way more outwardly, like, they'll go on and comment on girls' photos and be like, oh, you look so hot or whatever. <laughs> and girls don't really do that in the same way you'd think. Like, you don't really see that. But girls are loyal followers. Like, they will follow. If they see a cute guy, they are going to go to your Instagram and follow you. Damn. So I'd say you can do that, honestly. I think guys can market themselves in a lot of the similar ways that girls do. I think, really, with marketing, it really comes down to figuring out what is your niche within your marketing. And I always mm. tell that to every artist, it's going to be different. And I think the best way to figure out what is going to work for you is to do trial and error and once you figure out something that works, run with it. Because for me, for example, I didn't realize my like one of my marketing points is my family. Like people just really love my family. Hmm. I didn't think that would be a thing, and I also would say it's very different across platforms, because I never ever post about my family on my Instagram. Like no one's ever heard of my family on my Instagram. Yeah. If you follow my Instagram, you'd never know I even had a brother. And on TikTok, that's all I talk about is like my family, and it's because people are different. They were they respond differently on different platforms. So on. And I and a lot of artists, I think, take this approach that what works for them on one platform should work on the other. Right. Because my covers do very well on my Instagram. People when I post covers on Instagram are like, oh, I love your voice. This is great. When I post my covers on TikTok, everyone's like, maybe you should try out a different career.
1: Oh (laughs) shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they're like so mean. They're like, they're like, man, her face is so wide. Like this girl looks so Asian. Like, I'm like, what in the world is going on? And if I post on Instagram, people are always so kind. They're like, oh, you're so beautiful. So it's like, it's incredible different crowd <laughs> you just need to So you got to figure out what works for you and mm. i realized on instagram it really works for me like posting photos of me like looking good and it works for me posting covers of my songs like the typical stuff works for me on instagram mm. didn't work at all on tiktok so i don't try on my tiktok to be Attractive. I don't try to be sexy. I literally just try to be funny and I try to like post relatable content. And so I think that's something artists have to realize like each platform, same with Twitter. Yeah. Your old tactics aren't going to work. Like I tried being cute on Twitter. No one wanted to see photos of me on Twitter. <laughs> like they don't, they like go away. Like, uh, so you really have to rethink every platform and treat every platform as a totally separate audience.
1: Right. Let's talk about marketing on TikTok. I think <laughs> from my experience, at least. I think hashtags are really important versus like just posting a video with like no hashtags. And I've also noticed, I was talking to, I think it's a Don. Yeah, Don Diaz, my last podcast guest, that I think at least that TikTok tracks what the video actually is. So if you're posting a video and then someone else posts the exact same video, depending on who hashtags it better, they will get more views from what I've seen at least
0: so you're saying so if two people post the, the exact same, same video. video so the hashtags do matter
1: yeah that's what i
0: yeah i would agree i mean TikTok's constantly changing their algorithm but at least what's been working for me lately that i advise clients on is do one hashtag that is the trending hashtag okay for it you definitely want that one in there um one that's a niche hashtag so for example with that video I did of those photos that came back from CVS, I used hashtag CVS. Mm -hmm. So something that's like very specific to the video and then use a hashtag if you can, another one that's trending on the discover page. That's related, not something you don't want to spam them with something totally random. Like sometimes I see people using like the hashtags for like whatever is like the ad, like hashtag Frito Lays. Like I wouldn't do that. (laughs) But like, for example, if I'm doing a video about like when I'm older and it's a video of my family and hashtag family things is also trending, I'd use that. And if not, I would just choose another big hashtag. So if you're doing when I'm older, you might do a hashtag couple goals or hashtag baby photos, whatever is like related to the video, but something that's a big hashtag. Right. Yeah. But I think it's also different, like depending on how big your account is, because it's like the same with Instagram. What can you rank for versus what can you not rank for?
1: What about monetizing on TikTok? Because it can't, isn't it pretty easy to get like hundreds of thousands of followers on TikTok? And if that is the case, doesn't it mean it's like, With that saturation, it's probably harder to actually make money off TikTok. Should you or.
0: So there's a couple ways you can make money off TikTok. One of them is so the creator fund. And I can't remember if it's 10,000. I think there's different leagues in the creator fund. Mm -hmm. Like I think you get in a different league at 100,000 and there's another league at 10,000. And there might even be a league now for 1,000. I don't think so, though. I think it's 10,000 and you'll get paid based on your like video views and engagement so you don't get a lot though Mm. until you get really big you can monetize your live streams which is probably a way easier way to make money because that's based entirely off the gifts people send you Uh. so if you're someone who's constantly getting gifts on your live streams and you're live streaming a lot you can make money easily like i went on one time for 30 minutes with my buddy and he made like Thirty bucks in fifteen minutes. Oh, that's pretty shit. good, right? Yeah. This guy only had ten thousand followers. So I mean, if you imagine if you're a big TikToker and people are sending you lots of gifts, that's a lot of money. Like if you can actually build up a fan base that sends you gifts, yeah, you'd be making money off that. And another way is your brand partnerships.
1: Oh, you like can, actually like doing like an ad, but it also feeds into like a cool video.
0: Yeah, and people get yeah. off like people offer me that all the time. Like, oh, will you do this video? We'll pay you X amount. And I never do them. Um, I mean, I don't (laughs) never do them because I'd say as an artist, something you have to really watch out for that other people don't have to watch out for is like your brand. You know, you have to worry about that. Like if I'm as an artist posting videos about like someone reached out to me the other day from like a food fasting, like fasting diet. I'm like, that's totally off brand for me.
1: Yeah.
0: But like. I met the founder the other day of that jewelry company, Domo Collective, and they're making these very Asian necklaces. And I was like, that's perfect. That's a perfect Wait, wait, brand wait. Per- what
1: did you say? Very Asian?
0: Yes. What? So there's this whole very Asian movement. And so she gave me one of the necklaces, and I was like, I'll totally post about this because ah. it's like on brand. So I think as an artist, you have to really be watching, like, don't just do things for the money for with your brand partnerships because you will very quickly become a spam account so you right. really have to make sure everything you're partnering with is on brand for you
1: so what about like the 10 million viewed TikTok? like do you get any money from that
0: i can tell you how much money i got from that
1: okay i'm down
0: let me look it up it's gonna be like i can see it in my creator fund and i'm i'm guessing that it's about to be uh like 15 bucks oh max. shit Max, I, I think it might be way less. Let's see.
1: Wow. Because
0: I can open up my analytics and figure out exactly how much.
1: So it's like that saturated that.
0: Yes, it's very saturated. Um, Let's see. Where do they put up the money? Money, money, promote analytics, tips, creator, creator fund. Here so if you go into your analytics, go to creator fund. You guys can see what you're making. Okay. So I got $61.
1: Hey, and I'm pretty
0: sure. Sh- Whoa whoa she's like wait. wait 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 guys wait guys i got some more money whoa where did this come from now they're telling me i got 900 bucks in my fund
1: oh my god guys this is a
0: great day for me <laughs> this is a great day
1: what the hell
0: i literally thought i had 17 bucks in here i like told you i was like i think oh i had my 17 god. bucks what happened is on it from- 116 and 117 i was making a couple hundred bucks okay i take back what i said guys you can make money on tiktok <laughs> focus all your energy on TikTok. this is all money that i did (laughs) i did not have a thousand dollars in this i that's incredible so i've only been so i've only been actively posting on my tiktok so i took a long break from tiktok i got on tiktok around the time the pandemic started that's 2020
1: yeah
0: um and then i took about a and i did it for maybe like three months Mm -hmm. i three months very solidly got my account up to like fifty thousand, and then i just quit yeah. I quit because people were bullying me on the internet Aww. and I didn't have thick skin and I was really bugged at that because I mean it's true on Instagram everyone's so nice you know Yeah, like on Instagram people only ever tell me like you look great no one ever is on my Instagram being like you look like a troll. When I was on TikTok, every video I posted, it was like hundreds of people being like, "You are so fat. Your face looks like a troll. Like you're Aww. so ugly." And that's
1: I was like, just, thats just a troll thing, right there. Though.
0: Yeah, but I wasn't used to it because I was like, Aww. it's like, it's like I don't even know how to describe it. It was like when I like left Seattle and then I moved to Spain, and all of a sudden everyone's like, "You look so Asian. Like, do you speak English?" And I was like, "Oh my god, what is going on?" Because <laughs> it's like you're not used to it. Like,
1: <laughs> Damn, I'm sorry to like, hear. Seattle's that.
0: so multicultural. Like, no one ever was racist. And then when I went to Spain, people. Were racist. It was like it blew my mind. So it was wow. like the same thing. It well, on TikTok where people like bullied me, and I was like, I've never been bullied in my life. Like, what is this? So I got yeah. off TikTok, and then I got back on TikTok like two weeks ago, and I grew my account like fifty thousand more. And Jeez. so that means all that money that I just told you about, I basically just got that money over two weeks.
1: What the heck? being on TikTok? Damn. What the hell? I had a TikTok and I got banned, so I kind of gave up on it.
0: How'd you get banned?
1: I posted edgy video, ed- edgy memes. That's why I brought up meme things. Like I posted a meme that had, it got 8 million views in less than a day. And that's I got 60,000 followers. And then I tried to top that meme with another meme. And it, it, it honestly makes sense because the, the video I posted was really edgy, but.
0: <laughs> it was really edgy. I love the word edgy. Yeah. Were these original memes? or No, like- see, that's
1: another question I have. See, like, so I posted podcast content and then, like, memes, and because people viewed the memes, it bled into people viewing the podcast content, so it worked out. But I'm wondering, if you're reposting, like, a meme or something, and you still get, like, millions of views, do you still make money off that? Or does it have to be, like, original content? And then how do they decide if it's original?
0: um, No, I think you could, because I don't think TikTok, I mean, they're they're not going video by video, so it's just your views.
1: So I could... I just miss did i just miss out on money then i just i got banned though so i wonder how much money i could have made from eight million Well, my
0: question is is it legal though to repost without i don't think it's legal no
1: the thing is i after people are like i'm telling people are like entrepreneurs on tiktok to a certain like so like as soon as my account got banned someone immediately posted the meme i posted you know
0: i think you should give another shot just don't get banned this time
1: yeah I think
0: you got it. I think you just don't get banned, and it's hard. Like, my account got banned, too, and I honestly have no clue how I got it unbanned, but now I'm very careful because I know TikTok is relentless with their banning, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I filed an appeal and everything. I, they're like, no, they don't swear at you, but I'd say they said fuck you, but they're like, they don't. they don't really allow swearing or nudity or...
0: Nothing. Yeah. So I'm, like, very, like... Careful now, like anything in the where I'm on the fence about it, I just don't post it because.
1: But do they even like? Do your TikTok followers even listen to your music? Does it bleed into like Spotify or no?
0: It does. So I've been tracking my Spotify follows. So what I do, which is also um, what I recommend other people do is like link your Spotify into your bio. And I don't know when you get the ability to link. I think it might be 1,000 followers. You mm-hmm. can add a link into your profile. So I have my Spotify right here, and it looks like my monthly listeners if I yeah they're at 45,000 and it's been steadily growing like all my streams and everything I've been tracking it since the video started going viral
1: but do you promote like do you try to make it so you're not promoting your music on TikTok and
0: so this is a controversial opinion and my opinion on it is this is what I tell my this is, I was actually talking to a client this morning about this exact same issue because I help a lot of artists like grow their TikTok followings like I like yeah. manage their accounts and help them grow them is basically when you're promoting your music you're selling them something
1: mm-hmm.
0: like and people don't like that <laughs> they yeah. don't and it's funny i kind of got a taste of that when i was promoting my music and the most i've promoted my music i try to find ways to promote my music without being like hey this is my music so like what i'll do for example is people responded well to that one video that went viral of that love story between me and that ukrainian guy And so then I posted the song that I had written for him. Yeah. And now that's almost at a million views. But if I had just gone out and directly posted that video and was like, hey, here's a song I wrote for a guy. There's no way that video would be at almost a million views. Yeah. So it's almost like you have to you have to figure out a way to sell your music without coming across that you're selling your music. And so I recommend to people before you start selling your music, don't start selling your music out of the gate. Get people invested in you and your account because the truth is most people aren't going to follow your TikTok because they are super invested in music. They'll probably follow you on Spotify instead or they'll follow you on Instagram. Like they're going to follow you on a different platform. They're not yeah. going to follow your TikTok. They're going to follow your TikTok only if it's delivering something that they're not getting on your other platforms. Because the truth is if they just like their music, why wouldn't they just follow you on Spotify? Right. You know, because mm-hmm. it's like I love MGMT. Like I love Tame Impala. Do I follow these guys on TikTok? No.
1: <laughs> does MGMT even have a TikTok? I don't think
0: so. I was just thinking that. It's like I need a new <laughs> example. I don't even think they're on social media like So you have to really think about it from that perspective. Like don't take the perspective of And I think this is an issue a lot of artists have with TikTok. They take the perspective that artist perspective, which makes yeah. sense. They're like, "Okay, I'm about to release this song. Why don't I like leak a clip of the song and like hype it up?" But like you have to think about it from the perspective of the viewers. They are on TikTok for entertaining content. So if your content is not entertaining, they're going to skip it. And you have to be honest with yourself and that's where i came in with like my covers i was like i think my covers are like fantastic and then i realized mm-hmm. TikTok didn't like they were like, <laughs> like like anyone who's scrolling who didn't like people who know me when they see my covers they're like dang this is rocking you know like on instagram but on TikTok, when they were just scrolling and they didn't know me and they saw my covers they were just like yeah whatever uh. so i was like and i had to be honest with myself and i was like honestly girl your, your covers aren't that they're not good enough for TikTok. They're
1: not. Good <laughs> they're not, good, they're enough they're for not good enough to make
0: someone stop scrolling <laughs> Uh, Like, you need to do something else. So I was like, okay. I was like, how can I make people want to listen to this cover? So you have to get creative with it. And it has to be like, here's a cover of Coldplay the Scientist from the perspective of a cat. I mean, I'm not saying that's a good idea. But like, you (laughs) know, or like, (laughs) like, here's my brother's reaction to me covering this. Yeah. Or like, can I hit this high? Like, there has to be something else. And if you're really that good, some people are, you will blow up. But if you... (laughs) I always tell people don't just keep beating a dead horse if you're trying to post if i just kept posting my covers hoping they would catch traction and nobody and they weren't catching traction i, I eventually have to be honest with myself and be like i'm just like throwing like i'm just like beating a dead horse at this point like yeah. these covers aren't good enough like i need to do something else and i think a lot of people on tiktok they just keep doing the same thing they just keep like making beats in their bedroom and it's not blowing up and just keep posting it and it's not blowing up. I'm like, dude, your beats aren't that good. Like you need to, (laughs) you need to add something else to it. Like obviously it's not good enough for TikTok. Right. So people just have to be, you got to be honest with yourself. And I think that's where it helps to have like a second opinion on your stuff. (laughs) Or like someone who's unbiased being like, that's not, like, that's not interesting. Like, that's That's not funny. And I always send my things to someone else because, like, I think I'm really funny, but I'll send them to, like, my brother and sister and be like, is this funny? And they'll be like, no, that's not funny. Like, or, like, that's (laughs) mediocre. And I'm like, okay.
1: (laughs) Damn. What about, like, the format? Is formatting important on TikTok? Can Can you have, like, a vertical video versus horizontal or does it matter?
0: So I've seen horizontal videos do well, but only in the context of, like, meme videos. Mm, Or, like, if you're reposting content where there's not a vertical format available and it's a really funny clip, I've seen it work. Or if you're trying to post audio, like, really good audio that people can reuse, sure. But for everything else, I'd say vertical is definitely the Mm. way to go. It'll get way higher engagement.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, what about, like, do you know anything about marketing on, like, YouTube? And also, do you you need money for all this marketing stuff? Or can you just, like, do the right hashtags and everything you
0: can do yeah so actually the promo tool on tiktok because i looked into it the other day it's pretty i mean i hope tiktok isn't listening it doesn't seem like a great deal to me like the numbers that they promise you for how much money you have to pay them yeah is almost insane to me yeah because like i can't remember what it was when i tried and i it might be different for everyone's algorithm like the rate they gave me to get like a thousand views it was like hundred or something dollars and i was like a thousand views i can get that in like five minutes if you just post a good really? video
1: i've i've spent money on tiktok before and like and it was like two dollars what it's like two dollars for a thousand views really yeah like i could show you like how much i spent i probably spent overall on tiktok like ten twenty dollars
0: and how's it working for you
1: it's good yeah yeah
0: did it translate into like did you notice like once you it, were you getting followers from these promos or just yeah. mostly views
1: it also depends on what you want. It gives you like views, followers, what. You know, it's kind of like yeah. a gamble a little bit. Like do you are you going to go for the views and hope you get followers or are you going to go for the followers and not get views?
0: Have you experimented at all? Yeah. What worked?
1: <laughs> um I think I like the views better. Also it looks nicer on your overall TikTok page.
0: That's true. That's interesting. I wonder if they give different rates depending on how big your account is.
1: Really? Like, I probably spent on one account, like, $5. And now I have, it's not a lot of followers since I restarted. I don't really, I, I got banned and restarted and made, like, three accounts to see which worked the best. And I haven't really put much any time into it anymore. I haven't used it for, like, a couple months. But, like, I got, like, 700 followers from, like, five bucks or something. That's great.
0: Yeah. So. I'd say that's great. <laughs> that's, that's. But what does it translate so interesting. to? Interesting. You know? Well, okay, here's a real life example of it translating into something. So, <laughs> this isn't what I wanted to translate into, but for example, with that video of my brother that went viral, that got him 11,000 Instagram followers and modeling offers from 3 of the largest agencies in the modeling world. Oh shit. Yeah. So my one TikTok video launched my brother's entire modeling career.
1: Oh my. Did he take it?
0: he's deciding who to sign with now oh and he has gosh. offers from literally the biggest agencies in the entire world wow. having done and we're talking we're talking about a man who has no bio on his instagram no profile photo on his he had like a profile photo like that was like dark blurry with like four dudes in it like yeah and a guy who has never taken who has like 10 good photos of him taken over his entire lifetime this guy is not a model yeah I'm like, if it can do that for someone, TikTok obviously can translate into something. Damn. Um, I mean, it's translated into record deals for people, it's translated True. into a lot. I think with I think it's gonna really help launch my next song too. But like I've said, I've been very careful because I think and I think this is something people have to watch out for on TikTok, is like and it's sad that it's like this, but people are harsh on TikTok, first of all. And they really will tear you to pieces if they have anything to tear you to pieces. Just don't read
1: the comments.
0: Yeah, but you have to watch out for the backlash too. And I mean, I think maybe I care about it too much, but like people were really like, when I was releasing those videos and like promoting my music, they were like, this girl is just an industry plant. And it's sad that people, if you try and promote your music on TikTok, people are gonna think you're an industry plant. That's insane to me that people are like out here like nailing people for that. So I've been very careful to like, Even do anything seems like it's been something
1: that's touched you pretty hard, right? It's like a something that's held (laughs) you held on to.
0: Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't TikTok therapy or something. Yeah, I need TikTok therapy. I mean, it's (laughs) I'd say social media for a lot of people is it's like a it's like an emotional experience because you have like.
1: Yeah, your content out there and... of
0: thousands of people out here. Like, and I'm not talking about like. And I mean, for me, it's different because these videos went viral. So I'm sure if you're doing it on a smaller scale, you might have like two comments being like you're an industry plant. On my TikTok, there's literally hundreds of thousands of people like trying to tear me to shreds in my comments section. Do you
1: have your notification on?
0: yeah i see them every time i log in don't
1: do that what i do is like i just turn off my notification i literally look at tiktok like a gamble so like what i do is i'll post a video turn off notifications sometimes it's no views the next thing i know some like that eight million view thing like i saw it after it got a million views I, i i just left it alone and checked later that day
0: that's incredible
1: you know like you just you just post it and then just turn off your notifications
0: the thing though but is then that,
1: you're focused on it i guess i'm not really focused i kind of use it as an experiment yeah. to see what would happen and
0: i wish i could be detached from it but something i realized about tiktok is if you want to build a fan base you have to engage with these people uh so i try and i recommend this to artists it, respond to every single comment you get
1: oh god you respond to those i
0: respond to every single comment and wait I wait, say wait how
1: do you respond to the, you have a wide face what do you say to that <laughs> Well,
0: thank you. (laughs) I can read you some of my responses. These are so funny. You're like, hey. Let's find one of the videos where people were really mean to me. Oh, my God. (laughs) I posted one. Oh, my God. Is this how you go to –
1: don't tell me like, just look at this before you go to bed or something. No, I do. Oh, God. Because
0: I try to respond to, like, every single person, but I think that's why my growth has been so fast.
1: I think you're addicted.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, I am definitely semi-addicted, but I think if you really want to grow, you really need to be kind of – it isn't all-consuming – Platform and yeah. I don't recommend. I think eventually you get to a point where you can kind of detach from it, but I, I don't think know.
1: is that a thing? I feel like you just get I think more... you can
0: become less intense, but I also I'm on a very fast, like, growth schedule on it. Like, I'm trying to get it to a hundred thousand in two weeks.
1: Yeah, you're at ninety thousand or something. I'm at ninety
0: five thousand now, so you I'm mean, like, okay. I can do this, yeah. but like, most people when they're doing it, they're not taking this all consuming approach to it. For me, I wanted to take this all consuming approach to it because I want to move on with my life and like go do something else but like someone i posted this one the other day and people were so mean where is it um oh here it is where did it go oh my gosh
1: if she starts crying on the podcast that's the promo video right there
0: <laughs> <laughs> i think it's good for people to see this because i feel like it'll make people realize that uh everyone gets bullied on tiktok you can't take it personally
1: yeah
0: um where did it go they were all in like one little section they all just came back to back where did it go um
1: wait so like as an artist how do you make your money to like fund your artistry is it through like the the management pr thing or what
0: yeah helping other artists
1: like you aren't like working at like mcdonald's or something have you what's the worst job you've had
0: i haven't had any you had jobs honestly
1: Bad jobs or jobs?
0: So I started out working on Wall Street, actually. That was what I did out of college. I worked on Wall Street and venture capital. And then I...
1: What were you doing for them?
0: I was doing um, private equity investor relations. I was like, I like blocked it out of my memory. I was like, what was it? So yeah, I was doing that. I was doing wealth management. And then I switched over to running the PR company.
1: Huh. Yeah. (laughs) What the hell? Yeah. Wait, what'd you go to college for then?
0: Business. Yeah.
1: For that, most people that go to for business don't end up on Wall Street, right? That's like a. No,
0: it's a very typical route because I did my like. Okay. There's like a finance concentration. Okay. So like all my internships in college were in finance. I think like, worked at Goldman Sachs here in Seattle. Like I was doing finance, finance all through college, and then. I was. I mean, that's a career that's very hard to multitask. Right. So I was like, because I actually when I dropped Lisbon, I was still working on Wall Street, and then I was like, this is.
1: So you have to, like, dress up in, like, a suit every day? Or? Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. So I love that, honestly. I love dressing up.
1: <laughs> so That's I was, cool. I was, yeah. like, the best part. But- I wish I dressed up. For- you look so nice, and I look like a fucking bum. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I, I got here, at, like, what? 10? 10 a.m. I'm here from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. So I'm like, why don't I just put on some Yeezys and a fucking sweats and a shirt? You did dress up
0: though. You have the Yeezys on. Oh,
1: (laughs) thank you. (laughs) I try.
0: Yeah, I mean, I take any opportunity I have to dress up. So I'm just like, this is perfect for me.
1: I need to go shopping. I've been upset. I just go. I literally just go like thrift shopping and like, oh, I like like streetwear stuff. But I also like dressing up. But I I've never really i try to remember. Is,
0: There's, like, a bunch of Seattle streetwear yeah. companies that are launching. You should yeah. partner with them. I should try, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because you're, like, on camera all the time. Yeah. Maybe like, repping their stuff.
1: Yeah. When I first... I feel like this is a little bit of an excuse, but when I was, like, in, like, middle school, for whatever reason, I wore, like, suits to school <laughs> <laughs> for, like, no yeah. reason. Kid,
0: they were like, what's going on? Yeah.
1: And, like, I got made fun of, so then I feel like, internally, I've decided... I need to start wearing like streetwear to not be that kid in middle school that made got made fun of for wearing suits for no reason. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh. I feel like streetwear is such a move. Like I honestly just like I wear suits all the time because like I like like I know how to like it comes naturally to me. Like dressing formal, like I love it and like that's like my default like outfit. Like if a suit? you suit me Yeah, like this. Like, this is, like, what I would wear to a coffee shop in L.A. But, like, when I have to look cool, I really struggle. Like, when I have to, like, look cool on photo shoots, like, look streetwear cool, I can't even do it.
1: Oh, God. I can't even... do you wear beanies? I don't even want to imagine what that...
0: Yeah, I don't even know how to dress like that. So I always hit up my sister and I'm like, I need to look like streetwear cool. Like, what do I wear? <laughs> be
1: I don't hip know how. and cool.
0: Yeah, I'm like, I don't know how to look cool. Like, I know I'd look cool in like a 30 year old, like going to like a business interview sense, but like, I don't even know how to look cool like in streetwear. What about
1: like, do you know, like, can you like, uh, judge people on their suits like are you that into? no i'm not
0: that into it but like
1: like oh you're not wearing tom ford you're wearing no i have
0: no clue what they're wearing but like whenever i had to like go to like you know when they'd be like oh this is like business casual like in college they'll be like oh business casual for this event i'd nail it i'd like always look the best but then whenever i'd have to like go to like a studio session and streetwear i'd be like oh this is so stressful like i don't know what to wear like (laughs) (laughs) okay i found some comments oh god user one one three five six four seven seven said
1: when you look like
0: asian quagmire you gotta take what you can get
1: Uh, and i responded
0: and said thanks for keeping it real brother
1: uh, and
0: then someone responded user eight seven two five nine two four said said you didn't get any modeling deals because your face is hella wide sister
1: uh, and i
0: said (laughs) damn and i said i said man you're so genuine and kind unbelievable (laughs) And then, like, I just – I always respond to people being, like <laughs> –
1: uh,
0: I always just respond – I just – I always just kind of make fun of them.
1: Do you ever but, take, like, social media breaks, though?
0: I probably should. I honestly just got thicker skin. Like, I realized – so here's the other thing I realized. It's a kind of a psychology hack. You – and, I mean, it's true. People notice negative comments way more than they do positive ones. Hmm. So – because the truth of the matter is I get – hundreds of super nice comments every day on tiktok too like i have hundreds of people being like oh you're beautiful all this stuff like super nice comments but you don't notice them like those don't stick with you you know right. like you're not gonna notice if someone's like oh blake you look super handsome but you're gonna notice if they're like "Blake, you look like an like a troll that got run over by a truck you know jesus that's gonna Thank stick you. with you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> i'm not saying this but like those mean comments are the ones that stick with you so i always tell people like you just like just can't you have to detach yourself from them because the truth also is that no one who's like happy with themselves is going to be leaving these comments. Yeah. You know?
1: Or maybe they are and they just like to troll.
0: They just like to troll. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with them, but I have a feeling people only leave comments when they're jealous of something that you're doing right or they're just genuinely mean people. Because the truth is the only comments I ever get mean things on are yeah. my videos that are doing very well. No one comments mm. on my videos that are doing crappy and says mean stuff about me. They all they wait until I have a video doing really well and then they hop on and are like trying to like get clout or whatever. Damn. So I really think the bigger you get on TikTok, the more mean comments you're going to get and it's almost like a sign like, it should be a growth metric for you. Like, how many people are sending me, me haters. Comments? Yes. To have haters, you have to have some level of success or you're just very unfortunate and you just are doing terrible with tons of haters.
1: So, what do you? What, what's your, like, average day like now? Like, is it – are you on social media? Like, how do you – what yeah. do you do all day?
0: <laughs> so, I – so, usually what I do – You wake up. I, like, break it – I have, like, my things super regimented out. Okay. So, I wake up, I meditate, I drink tea. I go to what Reformer Pilates. Uh, just like anything in the fridge. I like green tea the best. Okay. I go to Reformer Pilates. I From Reformer Pilates, get on the call with my interns and the team and work on all the client stuff in the morning. Once it's around uh, midday, I'll start filming TikToks. Okay. And then I'll edit, film, all the TikTok stuff. Once the sun sets, TikTok is over. So then I switch over and I work on my own music stuff. And then once that, like songwriting, all of that kind of stuff, eat dinner, go to bed, repeat.
1: Jeez. How many hours a day are you on your phone, would you say?
0: I'm like, what am I not on my phone? Oh. Not on my phone at Pilates. I'm on my phone all the time. Maybe, I'm in front of a screen all the time.
1: Do you need glasses? No, like,
0: my eyesight's great. I just went and got it checked. Really? It's like 20, 20, like 20, twenty, twenty,
1: twenty, thirty. Damn, I have terrible eyesight lately, and I just don't want to look like a nerd. You know what I mean?
0: I feel like glasses look good, or you get contacts, but that seems like uncomfortable. Ew. I don't recommend that. I've watched that.
1: too many videos of people getting like contacts stuck in their eyes.
0: Oh, no. I, I feel, feel like, like glasses mean, look good, though. They're trendy.
1: Yeah, but then I'd lose them. I lose my earrings. Like, how do you lose earrings?
0: Oh, no. You're going to have to get those ones that have, like, the little strap on it, like a necklace strap.
1: Oh. No! That's, like, a fucking librarian or <laughs> yeah, something. Oh, yeah. God.
0: Then when you take them off, you can just, like, hang them around your <laughs> neck.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so, do, do you like L.A. then? Like, do you do you connect with other influencers in L.A.? Like, I when I went to L.A., I went on, like, Venice Beach, and there's this bunch of fucking, like, influencers in nature fucking taking videos and it's like wildness are you like that at all or
0: you know the influencers found me i'd say like it was funny the first day i arrived in la this super famous youtuber hit me up and was like can i put you in my youtube video oh no i was like what in the world um and i've accidentally run into a lot of influencers actually in la and then i tried to get more intentional about trying to get i'm gonna try and get more intentional about it cause so far i've just kind of like let influencers accidentally like fi- i just accidentally find them in life because i feel like living in la you'll just find them you know yeah. like, when you go to parties like there's bound to be some huge influencer at the party but
1: do you go to parties a lot
0: i was going to a lot of parties and i had to tone it down because i was like i need to get real stuff done i need
1: to get on tiktok
0: yeah i was like i don't want to meet you influenced at the party i want to become the influencer and then go to the party but i yeah. think that yeah i think that's an, that is like the biggest lesson i've learned from la like if you go to la like you can't get caught up in who you know because you'll get this false sense security, you know like you'll be partying with all these huge people but at some point you have to tell yourself do i want to be friends with all the huge people or do i want to be the huge person yeah <laughs> and it's like That was a wake-up call for me because i was like i'm out at these parties meeting all these giant producers these giant artists and i was like i don't want to just keep meeting y'all i want to like go home stay home like i don't want to be at the party like i want to go home do all this for myself and then meet you guys when i'm big yeah because then there's more leverage i can have like we can collab or something instead of me just like getting your instagram praying you follow me back like you know right so that's like a big wake-up call for la because most people they start meeting them they get content and they're like oh i'm friends with drake like why like, why? I don't need to work on my artist project. I'm already partying with Drake, you know? Yeah. But it's like, no, like, go home and become Drake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go, and then come back to the party and collab with Drake. But, um, yeah, no, I realized, so I was doing, and I mean, I still do typical PR for artists, but I've been trying to shift over more into that influencer space because I just realized how, and by that I mean helping artists grow their TikTok, helping them grow their fan base on social media because I started realizing that is i'd say i mean they're just different investments they're good for different purposes but the kind of exponential growth you can see if you can get your social media right is pretty incredible Mm -hmm. and i think pr is something artists should invest in for the reasons i mentioned like it's good to get you to that next level like whatever your goal is like for me right now for example my goal is i want to get my instagram verification and i want to get um and i want to get into like record deals and publishing deals. Yeah. And i'm like, okay, i need this press because i need it for my Instagram verification with my with my new name. I need i need press under this new name to get that and i need press that when i pitch myself out to labels i can be like i've been featured in XYZ. So that's good for press. But that TikTok, the reason i'm investing in TikTok as an artist is because i know that that's going to bring so many opportunities and i already see it even in my 2 weeks on there. Like i'm getting brand deals, people reaching out to me. I helped launch my brother's modeling career. Like I'm getting all these, this traction around that new song. People are really excited about that new song. And so that's going to be the next one I drop. Um, And I think, yeah, TikTok, what you can do with it is going to be a lot. If you do it right, I think it's a lot more game changing, I'd say than PR, but PR is just a good staple to have for all the things you're trying to pitch yourself out to
1: what about youtube are you on youtube at all like do you have any advice for that i
0: need to get on youtube i haven't got on youtube you probably know way more about youtube Mm. than me and the reason why i haven't got on got on it yet is because i know it's going to be a time commitment to do it well right like you have to that video editing takes some time yeah and it's not like TikTok where you're just uploading 15 second videos like if you're going to do a cover on youtube you better record your whole cover yeah (laughs) so that's one reason i know it's going to be time consuming and i'm not sure how easy it is to grow on it and maybe you know better than me i don't i was under the impression it's kind of hard to grow on youtube now but maybe i'm wrong it's
1: pretty hard um but like it's all these like platforms are kind of similar at this point especially with tiktok like tiktok's like made it so like instagram has to have tiktok now Mm -hmm. fucking netflix has tiktok YouTube as TikTok now. They're all different names at this point. It's like reels or whatever. But like YouTube has reels, which is kind of wild. But like I'll see people who like, did I say sue? I'll see people that they'll just post. It's also my, I don't want people to look. My YouTube feed is like funny as fuck. Like for me at least. Like my sense of humor. Yeah. So the things I see on my YouTube feed is completely different than anyone else's. But like I'll see videos that are like 30 seconds long. And they'll get like millions of plays and then they'll get tons of subscribers from that. And then it's not all of them, but a lot of those people will then turn that into a different account Mm. after they post these like super short, like something funny that happened on friends or something. I'll just post like a clip of a TV show or movie or whatever and that'll go viral. They'll get at least like 10,000 followers and then they turn it into something else. Or I found this, I found this reviewer guy. Fuck, I forget his name. I found this reviewer guy that reviews albums in thirty seconds. They're called like album oh reviews gosh. in thirty seconds or less. And it'll be like it'll be like, uh and he drops a video like almost every day. It was like Adele came out with an album. He's like Adele's album is I don't know, he'll just say something silly, like a masterpiece or something. And that'll be it. And then it gets like tons it gets of views. views. Yeah. I need to show you so it afterwards.
0: Funny. Yeah. I feel like with YouTube and see I'm curious how fast it would be, would be to grow. Because for me, I always think, like, how what's the amount of effort I have to put in versus, like, the amount of growth I'm going to get?
1: Yeah. but so I'm
0: curious. Because I, I do want... I always thought to myself, like, I've been thinking this to myself for, like, 10 years. If I started posting my covers on YouTube, maybe they'd do well.
1: But then money, <laughs> but, I think... money I think money works better on YouTube versus... Like, for
0: monetization?
1: Yeah, like, yeah. marketing-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, marketing... Well, also, the weird thing about monetization... On YouTube, is you don't get to choose your ads, so like everyone's like, "Oh, I want to be, I want to get these a thousand followers so I can start monetizing," but then YouTube just throws it up whatever ads they want. But with that, once you get a thousand followers, you get like a it's um similar to Patreon. I think it's there's a YouTube subscriber thing, and then there's another YouTube thing. I figure what it's called. It's like you know what Patreon is? Yeah. So it's like Patreon for YouTube. So you can switch, but it's between follow. No, yeah, it's like. There's a followers tab and a subscribers tab, and then for like subscribers tab, I could be completely mixing it up, but one of those tabs is paid. Yeah, if you get a thousand followers, and then people can start paying to see extra videos of you, and that's what a lot oh. of people use. So why
0: would people even have a Patreon?
1: It's just another thing. Like it's like any other platforms that doing is doing the same thing. Mm. Like mm. OnlyFans and Patreon are actually the same thing. Like. This is a hot topic, a but Patreon. only Fa- OnlyFans is literally it wasn't meant for like everything it is for now. It was basically the first thing. I, I don't know if Patreon came first or OnlyFans came first, but they're supposed to be in competition. So people can use OnlyFans to post fucking like cooking videos and shit like that. But then like the foreign market got involved, you know, so it changed. That's but so like funny. The, it's, it's just like how there's multiple versions of TikTok. <laughs> there's multiple versions of different ways to have like patrons. And YouTube has one of those ways.
0: So what do you think I should make? Should I make a Patreon or an OnlyFans?
1: Um...
0: I wonder if I could trick people into subscribing to my OnlyFans thinking it's like...
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then they log in it's just cover songs.
1: <laughs> you could do that, man.
0: That would be so funny. Because I'm pretty sure if I put an OnlyFans link into my Instagram, people would definitely be like, oh. Well, like, and then they'd be like, oh, what? When they subscribe.
1: How many... How many, like... Do you know how many, like, followers you have? They're, like, genuine, like, followers that follow on everything. Like, you have—how many followers do you have on YouTube? I mean, Instagram.
0: I have 26,000, I think, on Instagram and 95,000 on TikTok. And I don't know how many of those crossover. Like,
1: couldn't you make, like, a Patreon or something and at, at least grab, like, a thousand from both those platforms together? And then you could, like—then you, then you're making money off, like, a thousand people. If you have twenty well, thousand and then ninety five thousand there has to be at least a tiny ass percentage that's, that's willing true. to use that to follow you on another platform.
0: That's true. I wonder I always wonder what I'd put on my Patreon that people would want to see, but I guess that's a whole nother Well,
1: that's that's when you actually connect like people use their Patreon. It's a it's a wall, but once people pay for it, you're you actively have to like connect with your fans. Like people do like like a a Zoom meeting with all their fans once a month or something like that. Mm. Also here's uh extra podcast episode if you become a patron like a patron for over two months you get a sticker just mm-hmm. anything to actually connect on your fans on another level
0: cool you know
1: that
0: but, could be cool yes
1: yeah, things to look into
0: i definitely need to get into patreon that's the thing it's like incredible how many marketing platforms there are yeah as an artist
1: they all take a little bit of money the only way yeah. i feel like the only way that you know for sure all your money is like going to you is if you have like a website and you, the only thing you post on is your website and maybe you're like Instagram or something and be like, if you want to check out any videos or song, it's only on this website, not even on Spotify or anything. Mm-hmm. Then everything's solely going to that website. But then that's like so much like resources going into that, you know? Yeah. But like, that's the only way it's like all yours.
0: Oh man. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a lot. I think that's why people get so overwhelmed by it. Like yeah. artists are always like, I don't want to do any, I've, I have clients all the time who are like, I've decided I'm just not going to do any social media (laughs) Uh, (laughs) all the time. They're always like, I don't, I can't do anything. Or they're like at the point where they like want to do absolutely nothing. And that's usually the point when I come on board where I'm like, okay, we're going to fix this for you. But it's true. Like there's a lot of backlash I'd say right now because people get overwhelmed and they're like,
1: do you ever tell someone to get like a, just get a nine to five and just just drop music?
0: No, I never tell them to do that. I think most of the time with social media i'd say honestly a lot of it is um, that's why i said like before with like the bullying on social media a lot of it's emotional people have an emotional reaction to social media yeah because it's true that like the actual act of doing social media isn't that hard like for example you have a photo you know like posting that photo really takes no effort. You're going to upload your photo and you're going to hit post. But it's like all the emotional baggage that comes with it. People get super stressed They're like are people yeah. going to like my photo? Like all my photos have likes. Like it's like all this emotional aspect of the social media that gets p- people get really caught up on. It's really not the social media itself.
1: I was someone told me that you shouldn't look at um Spotify Or any streaming platform as like a way to make money but more as like promotion materials like your songs should be promotion materials to do like live events because unless you're like a drake you're probably not making money off your streams what do you think about that?
0: I'd agree. I mean, people are always people. It's always cracks me up because my friends are like, "Oh, you must make so much money off your streams." I'm like, "No," and I'm like, "No." I'm like, "This is a joke." I like, can no. pay my
1: gas for gas or something.
0: Yeah, I'm like, well, it's is gonna fund me going to like dinner like twice a year?" <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no money there. Um, I think of it more. And the funny thing is, is I feel like being a musician is like the biggest money-losing venture of all time, honestly.
1: <laughs> it's a
0: terrible, it's a terrible, terrible money-making avenue. You know, like yeah. everything about it is losing money. Your photos, sh- like everything about it is losing money. I, I've, I have to explain this to people all the time. There is like, but what you get out of it is if you're smart about it, you can build the career of your dreams out of it. And it's not going to be, I don't think there's any one avenue where you get a lot of money, particularly. I think it's True. more of like, can you turn yourself into this kind of public figure? And from that, there's going to be all kinds of random income sources, and eventually they're going to add up into something where you can pay your rent. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like you're going to get concerts. Okay, that's one thing. Merchandise, that's another thing. Your social media money, that's another thing. Brand po- sponsorships, that's another thing. And there's all these little avenues, streams, sure, but then none of them are huge money makers. Um, social media can be a huge money maker if you can really build up your fan base on social media because you see influencers do it all the time where they're yeah. making a lot of money off things but it's more holistic I'd say it's like figuring out all those income streams mm. and the truth is that it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of time to build all these up like none of it's out of the gate like I don't think there's it's very hard to make money out of the gate so for most people yeah probably it is it's like you you find a way to get by while you're building up that base and eventually you reach a point where you can kind of upgrade away from that maybe it's through your record deal or whatever but i was reading a book by like uh the lead singer in japanese breakfast the other day okay and she was talking and i mean they're huge now but she was talking about how like at the point where she published this book which was pretty deep into her career she was still like applying to every job she could and they talk about that like and she's and most musicians I know, that's how it is. And anyone who thinks differently, like, you kind of have to sign yourself up for that. That's a sad thing. Yeah. You kind of to sign yourself up for that. Like, I have every expectation it's going to be like that. Like, and I was lucky I found, like, something I don't mind doing on the side while I do it. Because I genuinely like helping other artists. So yeah. I was like, okay, this is dope. I get to do this on the side instead of, like, being doing something else that i wouldn't enjoy as much but
1: wait why didn't you stay on wall street until you're like some mega star
0: because being on wall street was way too time consuming there's no Mm. way you can multitask that
1: are you good at saving at least
0: no i'm not really wow (laughs) no i i never i i just got away from all of that I mean, what I do like. Away from saving. I got away from saving. I just I stopped paying so much attention to finance stuff. Like I could always go back to it if I wanted to, but that's a whole different part of your brain, really. I mean, not entirely. I always wonder what I was doing, but I've always loved business. Like I genuinely love being on my laptop. Like I love strategizing. I love marketing. Mm. Like I love talking about marketing. Like if I was on a songwriting podcast, like that's not true. I love talking about songwriting too, but like. There are very few things in life that get me as excited as marketing. Like I love talking about marketing. Really? Yeah.
1: But most art, why are you must be like a special person, right? Like Aren't I think most I am. artists like they can only be creative? Or, I feel like a lot of people are either creative or logical. You know? That's the
0: thing. I do think I am a special person in that sense because most artists also don't go work on Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I'm a very logical, like analytical marketing type person. But I think that's why I've been so. Helpful for artists because I I understand where they're coming from and most agencies don't mm. like most people because I've talked to them too because I mean I do my research I go call them up and they pitch to me and I go on the phone with them because I want to know who the competition is and I want to know what they're offering oh and they don't offer anything I mean like not to throw them under the bus but like they don't get it at all oh. like they really don't because like I'll have them talk to me me as Tiger the artist and. They really don't get it cuz I think the problem is that a lot of agencies and a lot of analytical people don't understand the emotional aspect of being a musician, you know?
1: Right.
0: And they don't understand that you're going to take like all the social media stuff, like they don't understand why it tears artists apart inside. Mm-hmm. They don't understand how personal it is when you post your song and nobody reacts or when you post your cover song and, and nobody likes it. White face. It's just Yeah. Yeah, they don't get it. They really <laughs> don't get it. They're like <laughs> And they don't get like that every artist is so different like not every artist wants to be doing i mean it's just like there's so many different kinds of artists like and you know this too from interviewing artists like there's so many different like even though you're all artists making music people's approaches to it the reasons why they do it how it's related like what's important to them is so different even people's missions like my mission as an artist is to bring like awareness to the asian american community and like try and be like that's so different than another artist. They I mean, they might just want to be the next Drake, you know, like their yeah. whole inspiration's totally different. And you have to take that into account when you're marketing as an artist. And like what works for one artist won't work at all for another artist. Artists are so different in like what they want to be publicized about them on the internet too. Like yeah. some artists are super comfortable. Like me, I'm like an open book. I'm like, oh, here's like photos of me and the dude who broke my heart, who I wrote this song about. <laughs> and some artists are like, I don't want anyone to know my name. Like, yeah. So it's like, it's really super different for each artist, and I think that's something that's hard is like finding people who understand both kind of sides of it,
1: because mm-hmm.
0: a lot of people don't get it.
1: <laughs> I understand that. Well, is there anything else you want to touch on? I feel like we've covered a lot of shit.
0: I know we have covered a lot. I think that's really everything. Yeah.
1: What about Twitter? Twitter? Like, should people use like at least here in like Seattle? I feel like artists get in trouble because they post something on Twitter that they shouldn't post. Like, shouldn't you just just stay away from Twitter? Has that been happening? Yeah, like they just post some spicy thing and it just starts like some stupid local beef or whatever.
0: Are Twitter spaces, have you explored that at all?
1: I don't even go on Twitter.
0: So my perspective on that is, I think it's hard. Like I, something I learned, like the one good thing I learned from my initial manager (laughs) Because I shouldn't throw her under the bus.
1: Dun, but, dun, dun. Dun, dun,
0: dun. One thing I've learned working in PR is bad... You have to be very careful about what you post, especially in today's atmosphere of cancel culture. One comment could get you totally canceled.
1: Look at JK Rap well, oh, that's multiple comments.
0: But... <laughs> like, one comment. <laughs> like, that's really all it takes to bring down everything you've built up, and you've seen yeah. this happen to major artists, too. One comment can ruin your career. Yeah. So... I mean, that's stressful. So that's why I'd say, like, if you're on the fence about anything, don't do it. I think the kind of danger with Twitter is Twitter is a platform built around comments that could get your career canceled. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like a platform designed for that. Like, that's what the algorithm's looking for. It's looking for provocative things. Yeah. Like, no one's retweeting, like, beautiful day out. Like, you know, no one's retweeting, like, loving messages to the universe. So it's like... (laughs) <laughs> people are retweeting controversial topics so I think Twitter's kind of dangerous in that regard I mean I that's why I don't really use it because I was like if I'm gonna use it as an artist the only things I'd be tweeting about would be things that aren't gonna get me canceled yeah and that don't perform that well yeah. <laughs> so I'd say I'd say my advice on Twitter would be if you're gonna use Twitter like just don't anything. it's not worth it honestly it's just not, <laughs> not worth, worth it, it. <laughs> it's not worth it trying to explain why you made this because you thought it was funny is so hard like that's yeah. gonna be so hard Holy shit. and it's gonna have like a cascading effect like brand partnerships like that's a huge red flag they don't want anything controversial anyone you associate with like there's gonna be all these people who are gonna be like oh i can't work with you man or you can't perform here because you said that so
1: do you think about that when you take on clients then like if they're controversial or not
0: well, oftentimes what I have to do is dig them out of a hole. Oh. So they'll hire me and be like, I said this. How do we fix this? <laughs> <laughs> or they'll be like, here's a... Yeah, they'll come to me with issues where they're like, I'm about to do this, but they don't know about this. And I'll be like, okay, this is what we need to do like to like get all of this hidden off the internet and like bury this. <laughs> and like this is what you're going to say in your interview to unbury yourself. Because you have to be really careful. People can take things out of context too. Like You just have to it's better just not to be risky it's like tiktok if you're on the fence about it just don't
1: mm. just
0: don't if you're on the f- if you have to ask someone is this okay i just, just don't do it
1: parent and is it outsourcing important or should people like do you know how to like build a website and all that or did you outsource like should artists be i feel like some good things about keeping it inside is like you're saving money but maybe outsourcing can be the move also yeah
0: i think my perspective on that because i'm someone who likes to do everything myself like i'm like like the ultimate, like <laughs> yeah, just I'll just do it. <laughs> and then, but I think there's some things that really you should outsource, and I think it's the things you really can't do well that are matter. So, like for example, if your website looks bad, you should probably outsource that because people are gonna see that, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, if you really struggle, like if you've been trying to grow your TikTok, and it's not working for you, you should probably outsource that. Um, you should probably outsource if you're not a good producer, outsource that and it things you can do well, keep it in house. Like for me, for example, like I do my own, all my own marketing stuff. I don't outsource any of my marketing, but I'm really bad at production. So I outsource all my production. (laughs) Like I am terrible producing. Um, or like, I think I'm like decent at doing my own makeup. So I'll do my own makeup for photo shoots, but like, and I'm pretty good at video photo editing. So I'll do that. But like, I know that, um, I'm a terrible. bad style <laughs> so outsource that so it's like you <laughs> have to just be honest with yourself and be like okay i'm good at this i'm not good at that um and i guess just at figuring out how to allocate your resources as an artist is really important too so i think making sure you're allocating your resources to to the right thing because like i always tell artists like music videos are super important they're also expensive so like
1: yeah they are
0: they're really expensive so i'm like it's
1: like four minutes and it's like (laughs) how much
0: (laughs) and like i see this all the time artists will come to me and they're like i don't know if i should because it's true everyone has a limited number of resources you can't just be spending money on everything and they're like i don't know like with this new song that's coming out should i invest in pr or music video and i'm like well how'd your last music video perform and they'll be like oh i've got like 100 views on it i'm like you probably invest in pr to promote that like if you're gonna spend all that money on this music video invest in PR to at least promote it like you have to do things you have to allocate wisely yeah like it's not all like having 10 music videos that no one's seen that you spent thousands on that look fantastic is not worth it (laughs) in no world is that worth it like you need like you have to be very smart about what you spend your resources on as an artist like should you be paying to all this money to get your views up on a music video that's kind of trash no like you should spend that money somewhere else or like are you promoting your posts on Instagram but your whole Instagram feed's trash? That's a waste of money. Like, pay someone to help you get your Instagram content to good quality and then start promoting it because if you're promoting crappy Instagram posts, no one's going to follow you or it's going to not work as well. Like, you have to really think these things through and be like, okay, I have 10 bucks. How are we going to spend the 10 bucks so the 10 bucks goes the farthest it should go? And a, a lot of it's in how you how you break up how, what you're, where you're spending your money. Like, before any of this, you should invest in good music. <laughs> like, that's number one. Like, yeah. don't invest in any... Don't invest in an expensive music video for a bad song. Right. Like, pay a good producer and get a good song. But now how do you know if you have song. a
1: good song or not? Some people might think they have a good song.
0: That is a good point. Yeah. You need some honest friends. Oh. Maybe it's not even honest friends. You need some honest... third. You need to ask your friends to ask their friends because your friends might not be able to tell you the truth.
1: It could be like... You know what Hot or Not is? Do you remember Hot or Not? Oh my gosh, they the should dating do, site. They should do that for like music. Just they have one. Submit Hub. Oh, Submit okay. Hub
0: made one where people can rate your music. Ah. Because the truth is like you need to start with good music. Nothing works if your music's bad. Like number one, pay to get good music. Number two, pay to get good assets for your music. <laughs> number three, pay to get good promotion on your music. That just
1: sounds expensive then.
0: It is. <laughs> it, the whole thing's expensive. And hopefully you can learn to at least do one of those steps yourself well. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it's the
1: good music part.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I I was like, I'm going to learn how to do the marketing really well so I don't have to pay for the marketing and then I'm going to pay someone to do the production. Yeah. Hopefully if you're not going to do any of the marketing, maybe you can learn to do some of the production stuff or at least, I don't know, maybe you can make good video content for it. Something along the lines. Or maybe just have a good nine to five that's funding it. But
1: Are you in a collective or anything even? Or are you just like doing your own thing? I feel like so many artists are like just
0: what's a collective?
1: A collective?
0: Yeah, like what are you talking about?
1: You know like how like artists have like they're not like a record label but they're like a group of artists that work on everything together. So like I've never it's, even like, heard this. You've never heard of a collective?
0: Obviously no one has invited me to their collective.
1: You know, <laughs> like it's a collective is like something where they don't have to outsource. So it's usually like there's a couple artists, maybe there's some producers, maybe there's some, like, videographers and fashion designers, whatever.
0: That's dope. I've never that's heard for, like, of
1: that. That's basically, like, what Aesop Mob is or frickin' uh, Tyler the Creators thing is. And they're all big enough that they do their own thing at this point. But, like, that's they all crazy. started out in, like, collective. Like, there's tons of collective. And that's how you say on a lot of money.
0: Is there a Seattle collective?
1: There's tons. It's not just one collective. It's, like, in just...
0: tons of collective? I've never heard of a single collective.
1: Yeah. So it's, funny. like, they just... They, it's how you allocate fans so it's all in-studio and everything so you don't have to spend money. And then, like, the best collectives are the ones that are ended up being successful because they...
0: That's insane. I've never heard of these collectives.
1: So you just do everything on your own?
0: I do everything on my own. Yeah.
1: You don't, like... There's not, like, one artist you, like... Or a couple artists you work with, like, 24-7 and... Never. Like, bounce ideas off of? Nobody. Them? Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Well...
0: You can do it all. I tell people you can do everything on your own, but it's like at a you certain point. You need a team.
1: Point, There's no I in At a team certain
0: point, yeah, part. it's good to <laughs> bring in other people. Yeah. I mean, I do. I guess my collective is like the people I work with. Like
1: That's not a collective.
0: I don't know if that's a collective. I don't know. They're community. Their
1: it's a community. community. I don't know
0: if it's a collective per se. Yeah. I do feel very connected with them because, I mean, I'm constantly talking to other artists, but. Yeah. It's because I'm advising them on stuff and helping them out with their stuff. So, I don't know. I think
1: those are just called clients.
0: I think those, I th- yeah, I was like, I think that's not a collective. <laughs> my I think clients are, are just my collective. Clients. <laughs> I'm hip. <laughs> yeah, because they're not advising me. No one's helping me out. But um,
1: Yeah, you need to find some people who are willing to help you out.
0: Who are helping me out. I've been pretty good at doing it on my own. But, I mean, that's where, that's where eventually you get to a point where you start Dude, wondering. every
1: artist that's successful has a crazy team behind them.
0: That's what I keep thinking. But it's been interesting. I haven't had people, and I always find that interesting to me. Is like people haven't reached out to me.
1: Maybe they think you already have it all figured out. It's all a facade. All music, all like social media is a facade.
0: I know. I'm like, I'm like, how have I made it to like a hundred thousand on TikTok, like twenty thousand on Instagram, and a million streams, and not a single manager has hit me up?
1: I think they think you got it. I ever... <laughs> they think I, think I got you're... it.
0: They're <laughs> like, what is... I know. I'm like, I'm like, what's going on? Because I like run into artists all the time, or are they they don't have any of that going and they have like a man, a whole team that I have to like interface with yeah, yeah. to do stuff with them. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, you just tell your manager, here's my number. Like you can call me up. like <laughs> just like. just But, uh, I mean, you did your good. job too well. I did my job too well. I'm like, no one has hit me up, but it was good. Cause I really learned how to do it all myself. I mean, which is, I think also good even for artists who are assigned, but I would agree like having some kind of team around you is good. Like, yeah. it's good. And that's why I always tell artists too. like when they're trying to do their own. I always encourage artists try to do things yourself because that's the only way you're going to know if yeah. you're bad at it. Yeah. You might be brilliant at TikTok. You don't need anyone's help on it. So try it out yourself. See what you can do. And if you find that you've hit a dead end, then call someone like me up. Same with PR. Yeah. Like try sending out the emails yourself. Do the press release yourself. Try all of this yourself. And if you don't need to outsource it, don't outsource it. And if you're not finding success. Then hire, then call me up.
1: You know, like it's like. You'd be like the artist PR person in the collective. (laughs) And then you need a producer and some fashion people and some video people, maybe a couple other artists. Yeah. And you guys collab and make projects and do your solo thing and then maybe
0: we need to start a new seattle collective
1: yeah we'll make our own we'll We'll
0: make our our own seattle collective (laughs) yeah we might need yeah we might need to create a new collective i already have some people in mind
1: yeah (laughs) the truth is
0: seattle has everything it needs like that's what i always tell people when they because it's like funny actually like some clients who have worked with me because they'll ask me like who should i go to and i always recommend it to seattle people because i'm like seattle honestly has great people like girl band's great at video and there's like that team out in spokane they're fantastic justin and, like, frick yeah yeah i'm like there's great video people here matthew's great at mastering there's great mastering people. <laughs> shout
1: out matthew
0: shout out matthew like there's tons of great producers like Send i love I Milo studio mixing. like yeah. yeah i mean there's all these people in seattle i'm like those ye- are
1: all people that could be in a collective
0: yeah i'm like everyone's <laughs> here i'm like there's tons of great things in seattle it's really just getting the whole I mean, I don't even know what's limiting Seattle artists, I guess
1: there's no infrastructure you know, maybe that's, that's it. it. Plus, I don't think people know how to market that's the those are the two biggest things but it's you true, need the marketing inf- honestly you need a huge infrastructure thing. to market, but if you don't, don't even know how to market, you don't know if there's even an infrastructure to begin with.
0: That's true, and I haven't been paying I mean I'm, I'm biased I think, towards the Seattle publications. I feel like they don't feature a wide enough swath of Seattle artists, but
1: because it's who you know
0: yeah and i really feel like they could do a better job at that too because i think the more i think part of what would help seattle too is like getting a wider range of artists that have made it in seattle you know yeah. who can claim seattle and feel like seattle had a part because the things like seattle artists need to feel like seattle had a part of bringing them up in order to be loyal to seattle because otherwise what you get are artists that grew up in seattle like me who move away to la like me and then in interviews and stuff, they claim being an L.A. artist because Seattle didn't help them out. Did you do that too? I'm on the fence right now. I'm like, are you guys going to come through for me? <laughs> like, Where is this
1: collective? When you I'm, like, I'm like, are you guys
0: going to come through to me? Because if I do this all on my own with no help from Seattle, why would I claim Seattle? You I know? think a
1: lot of artists feel that way. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Because when as soon as I moved to L.A., it was like all of a sudden... All these la publications were like oh can i feature you and shout out la and then all these seattle la venues were like can you perform here perform here perform here and i was like why was this so hard for me in seattle because i'm like out here pitching to seattle publications being like yo i'm a seattle artist like i did sound off like i've been here since day one can you like give me some like notoriety like i'm releasing my debut single and they're all like no and I'm like, okay, fine. I'll go to ear milk. Like, whatever. Like, but yeah. like, I'm just like, come on, guys. But I think that if Seattle, and it's the same thing. Like, I had artists pitching the other day to KEXP's Audio Oasis show, which is supposed to be a show about local artists, right? But it's
1: all, it's 100% who you know. Like.
0: They emailed back my artists and they said, can you please stop getting your fans to text us because this is just spam. I was like, this girl just has hundreds of fans, man. Like it's true
1: I'm telling you it's so many fans and I was just
0: like this is disappointing to me like as because I was born and raised (laughs) in Seattle like I played in Seattle for like a decade with my girl band so like I am a Seattle artist to my core but I'm just like this needs to change and now that I work in marketing I understand it you know like I it it honestly bugs me because now that I work in marketing I'm like I'm pitching to these Seattle publications and I'm like how can I be getting artists In giant magazines internationally and no one in seattle wants to support local seattle artists
1: because there's not enough money in it they think so they're trying to be safe
0: yeah i'm like come on like just like i feel like there needs to be more of a they need to open up the community so it's not just like we're gonna only shout out these three artists that everyone already knows made it you know like everyone's heard of i'm not gonna name them but like we know who they are like we all know about these people you need to start promoting a wider range of artists because those artists made it and they left and there's new artists here trying to make it so give them some attention yeah give them some love like they're out here on in your on your home ground like battling it out trying to make a name for seattle if you guys don't give them any love they're gonna leave
1: a lot of people feel that way yeah 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 it's a...
0: so i'll be the first one to say it
1: <laughs> there we go it's a it's a thing you know
0: yeah and I don't, I think, and I mean, Seattle is great in so many ways. And like, I'm super excited about like that new show, which I'm not going to announce that they're creating that I came up here for. Like, I think that's going to be fantastic.
1: Oh, I thought it came up just for me. Your
0: podcast Yay. is fantastic. Like there are tons of people in Seattle doing great things, like making space for Seattle artists. So I think it's really just continuing to do that. And hopefully like other places like do that too, you know? Cause yeah. I think it really is like a group effort. It's true. Like this collective mentality and i don't know if they're still doing all the programming that they used to but like there was a lot of arts programming when i was coming up as a kid that was super great for artists like sound off and stuff
1: yeah i so don't know I if think... they're doing that lately because of covid maybe they are yeah i don't know i haven't heard anything about And like
0: it. i have a lot of suggestions for them on that but i won't get into that but like
1: give them a call
0: give them a call i do think that like wait
1: do you have like a phone call voice like are you do you like all proper proper or anything or like
0: no i just have this voice really i have a proper name my PR name is
1: L Cooley. That's not proper. <laughs> that's
0: my that's my PR name.
1: L Cooley, like yeah, like my... you're cool.
0: Well, that's my real last name. Oh. Yeah, so oh, I just that's took like... my real name. That's like... I mean, I just took my middle name because Tiger Lily's too wild.
1: Well, your middle name's L Cooley.
0: Yeah, my real name's L.
1: Your real name's L.
0: My middle name, my real middle name.
1: It's like E. coli, but. Oh my
0: gosh. I didn't even e-coli, think about that. That's true. E-coli. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that sounds a...
0: terrible. Yeah. But it's true there are a lot of people out here in Seattle, but I think it's just a matter of like I don't even know what it is, but all I know is that I feel like it's been dying down. And I don't know if that's just in my head. No, but it's
1: the pandemic and just so pandemic. many things. It's kinda kinda just fucked over here. And you kinda just have to accept it and either work your own way up or can't really count on people here you know that's why i don't have a co-host you don't see any co hosts here you can't count on <laughs> anyone but you can you can make a collective but like you gotta have your own vision because it's
0: true that's
1: that's what you're doing you're kind of doing it the right way it kind of sucks you're alone but
0: yeah i you know think that's mean? like kind of how it works i think it's the same thing in dating it's like if no one's if no one's interested in you just keep doing what you're doing. Like don't yeah. stop. Don't like wait for them. Just keep going. And eventually they're gonna come around.
1: Drake will come to you eventually. Eventually
0: Drake's gonna come around. It's like the same thing. Like people Yeah. It's like you spend all you like if you're single, you have two options. You can either sit there swiping or you can go to the gym. Go to the gym. Like, <laughs> like just like don't like don't sit there swiping waiting for someone to come to you. You'll, like, get, go, you'll get like go carpal tunnel
1: life. or something from that.
0: Yeah. It's the same thing with your music like don't just sit there pitch like don't just sit there pitching all day like if you no one's responding go work on your music and then yeah. go back to it you know like, yeah it's always it's just like you got to keep no matter what like you got to keep just working on it and like that's why i don't get discouraged like and this is also the reason why i never tell people go get a nine to five it's like if your music sucks right now go work on it and make it better like it's not that you have to give up music you can right. just make it better if your social media sucks you don't know how to delete your social media you just got to work on it yeah like everything in life, you you can work on it. Yeah, that's how I even feel about the TikTokers who say I have a round face. I'm like, I can work on this. Like, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like you can. I'm like you can work on hey, anything. You're
1: great just the way you are. Don't... Yeah, I'm
0: like I'm like everything. Every every mean comment that comes your way, like you can work on it or you can ignore it. You One hold that
1: two. to heart so deeply, I can tell. You gotta just you
0: gotta just let it go. You
1: gotta focus on it. And you have like a mantra. I feel like you're a mantra person. I feel like mm-hmm.
0: my mantras rest in the flow.
1: Oh, whatever. What is what the what does that mean? Rest in the flow. Rest
0: in the flow is that you have to. You got to do everything, but you also have to rest in this flow. Like if mm. you, I take this approach with music too. It's like you can do everything you can do, but eventually you have to rest in the flow and let the river take you where you're supposed to go.
1: Yeah, I just saw this really messed up video though, so I don't know how I feel about rivers. Oh no. There was no. like this. What was there it? was like this like thing in Russia where like you like jump in a river to get like baptized and it was like They're gonna drown this like there's like this like the river is completely frozen over and it's like all snowed over but they made this like ice hole and this like mom jumped in to get baptized and she floated away and they haven't found her body in Russia yeah
0: wait I'm so confused why did they make the ice hole it's for her baptism
1: yeah and, like, there's a whole video. The video is crazy.
0: Wait, so... Oh, this
1: you is should horrifying. watch the video.
0: Wait, but why did she jump in knowing there's an undercurrent? Or she had they, they, they,
1: they didn't know that they had done it right under undercurrent. That's the thing. And they had this, like, huge investigation, and they still haven't found the body. It was a big thing.
0: So I, was it all ice? So she just gets swept under, and it's yeah, all ice over there? Yeah, I can't
1: even see it. It's, like, it's like ice with snow on top, so you can't even see, like... And, and it's they did it at night, too. It was the stupidest... Who was filming this? I think, like, the kids or something. Like, the ki- they were, like, kids. It was a sad video.
0: Who did this? Is this the family who filmed it? Yeah. And it was just her family doing it? Like, the they were like. Before? I think there
1: was, like, an audience because there was a baptism. It wasn't, like, some random, like, jumping in a lake.
0: Why would they ever do this? This doesn't even make any sense. Yeah, Why would anyone think this was a good idea?
1: It was a... Only in Russia type thing. Yeah. That
0: is dark. Yeah. That was really dark.
1: Yeah, let's end on that note. just
0: end on that note. (laughs) Just death. Oh, man. Well, Well, I'll add, if anyone needs music marketing help, they can find it at a 10th house agency.
1: 10th house?
0: 10th house agency. Why
1: the 10th house?
0: 10th house, it's in astrology. It's like the 10th house is like your top house. Oh, God. Are you a
1: Zodiac person too? Yes. Oh, God.
0: (laughs) You're learning Uh, so much about me.
1: Yeah. (laughs) There we go.
0: There you go. This has
1: been great. (laughs) What's the easiest way for people to... Well, you're gonna. Should I even tell people to reach out to you with your username stuff if you're about to change it or what?
0: Tell them to reach out to Tenth House.
1: Just Tenth House. Yeah, just
0: Tenth House Agency okay. on Instagram at Tenth House Agency. Tenth as in number ten, not okay. tent, not like a camping tent. My
1: birthday was was on a ten. Oh really? When yeah. is it? Eleven ten.
0: November tenth. Yeah nice you have the same almost the same birthday as my mom <laughs> nice you're scorpio right
1: oh god i don't know i guess so you
0: don't know oh my gosh y'all look that up
1: <laughs> oh shit well on that note 10th house this is right now at least tiger Lily. she'll be changing her name and um yeah we did Al it el cooley. Al cooley? Al cooley that's what you're changing it to
0: no that's my like marketing name you can just call me that
1: and M- do you want me to Title this El Cooley, or what do you want to title this one?
0: I just title El Cooley. Just do El Cooley, because Tiger Lee's not even. Is exist. that
1: searchable? El Cooley?
0: Yeah, yeah. If you type in El Cooley, that's what comes up under Tenth House.
1: Isn't? How do you spell that?
0: It's E L L E. That's the first name, and the L. last name C O O L
1: E Y. Wait. So it's your middle name and your last name. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was your whole middle name.
0: No, like, no, no. That's why I was like
1: E. coli? Like I thought it was one word. No. Oh.
0: If you want, do you want to cut the beginning and the end and use L. Cooley instead of Tiger Lily? Will that be easier?
1: Oh, we, we got it. We'll figure it out. You
0: okay. got it? Okay, cool. I would just I would just use that instead of Tiger Lily because by the time this comes out, Tiger Lily won't exist anymore.
1: Okay. This is um the NASPOSC <laughs> It's the NAST podcast with E. coli. (laughs) (laughs) Or with...
0: El Cooley.